my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Sour brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Oilers. Check them out today, peerlessoilers.com, paviliontankless.com. And they do build the world's best oilers. My buddy Pete, got to get Pete on one of these days, see who he likes on Sunday. Chiefs or the 49ers. I'm leaning Kansas City, but I'll make my final prediction coming up on Friday. Okay, Mike. <laughs> yeah, say something, buddy, Mike. Um, I'm looking at a lot of tapes, dog. It we is... should get dog on this week. Now that you said that, uh, Lou, we'll get dog on Thursday or Friday. So Michael Goodwin is uh, right there. Him and Devine, the two best columnists in the country. They both work for the New York Post, and I love them both. And not only do I love them both, but moments ago I just hung up with Rudy Giuliani, who's a great guest on this show every Tuesday. And his exit was, I love Michael Goodwin. So it's a big day for you, Mike. When you get Sid and Woody Giuliani both saying nice things about you, you may as well retire just now. I was going to say, that's sort of the end. Why Why chance it? <laughs> and also, your interview with Kilmeade yesterday, which is on this station, was, was great. And uh, this column here, Joe Biden is playing with fire in the Middle East and risking World War III. Take it from a guy who just spent four days in Israel. And I spoke to a lot of people on the ground, a lot, kids teenagers, adults. You and I had a little bit of a tiff a couple of weeks ago because I said Biden is complicit in this war. I still feel that way. You don't, that's fine. Maybe the word, maybe it bothered you, I don't know. But the more stuff that I read from you, the more it seems like you're moving in that direction. The way he's dealt with Iran, who's helped fund this thing, it just seems to me when Biden says he's there for Israel, what he says and what he does, Michael Goodwin, Two different things. Well, it uh, all, all along, I have believed that there was a, uh, a contradiction um, at, at the root of his helping Israel. I mean, look, in the beginning, I think, and, and this was not just my opinion, but I think the people of Israel felt very grateful for his visit, which I thought was more symbolic than anything, but it was an important symbol. Uh, and then, of course, the the, the military assistance in, in terms of uh, munitions uh, for an Iron Dome batteries, for example, and then sending the two carrier strike groups uh, into the region, largely to deter Iran from getting involved. Uh, more lately, I think there has been this this pulling back as the politics in America have worked against his support of Israel. When you I mean, say pull, when you say pull, when you say pulling say. back, just you know, when you say pulling back, because you've been very, very, uh, you've been correct the way you've, you've detailed it. You're right. Initially, they were they were appreciative. He was there. Blah blah blah. I was just there. I spoke to these people. Pulling it back is being nice. They're pissed, Michael Goodwin. They're pissed. Sure, sure. I don't look. I don't blame them. I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> I mean, I think that his his incessant demand to protect civilians. Uh, really undercuts 
the IDF. And it undercuts the mission which he agreed to, which was you must destroy Hamas. He said that himself, that uh, there can be no quarter for them. And yet when the, the press and the New York Times and the, the Gazan Health Ministry says, oh, you bombed a hospital and they make stories up and they, st- they keep using the health ministry's death statistics, which even if they were true, they don't distinguish between terrorists and civilians. They just lump them all together as though they are the same. Well, that should tell you something about the Gazan Health Ministry. It does not recognize Hamas as a terrorist organization because Hamas controls it. Um, so you go, you go UNRWA, all of these things. The United States funds UNRWA. I read a number the other day, something like $750 million since Biden took office. Uh, I mean, these things just multiply. And I think, uh, frankly, uh, Sid, that the biggest problem now for Biden is he is afraid of losing the election because of his support for Israel. Now, that's hardly the only issue he has, but it is one where it cuts across the Arab-American vote in the upper Midwest, particularly Michigan and uh, Minnesota. And you, you see it from Rashid Tlaib and Ilan Omar. He's now got to please their constituents. Now, what is that constituency? You know, I, I, I think we're all sort of loath to say it, but it does seem that the Muslim American vote is very much, at least generationally, predicated on supporting Hamas, on, on being anti-Israel. That is, that is against the American policy since 1948. And yet here we have a group of Americans who, uh, mostly immigrants or second generations, have basically said to the president, you know, if you don't pull away from Israel, we're pulling away from you. I mean, there's actually a group called Abandon Biden, which is an offshoot of CARE, the, the Islamic uh, so-called civil rights group, also unindicted co-conspirators in a terrorism case. Uh, but th- they are pushing Biden and, and getting younger Muslim Americans not to vote for Biden because of his support for Israel. And so I think that has made the president scared. And so I think he has now tempered his support for Israel more and more. It's almost like every passing day. And so the latest is this incessant demand for a Palestinian state, which is just lunacy in the context of October 7th. And yeah. and of what's going on with Iran? I mean, right. he is not confronting Iran. No, taking trying to you know fire some missiles at the Houthis, and that's fine. But this all comes from Iran. You're gonna if you want to kill the snake, you have to cut off the head, and he won't do it because he's still enamored of that. Uh, uh, Obama idea that you can bring Iran into the community of nations, it will be a stabilizing force, blah, blah, blah. So let's bribe them. Let's let, let them have their oil sales to Russia and China and everybody else. I mean, it, it's a disgraceful policy. It has failed every time consistently. And this is how Iran finances these groups. It directs them. It gives them munitions. I mean, how much more evidence does Joe Biden need before he understands Iran is the problem. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. You shouldn't need any more, uh, to be honest. And uh, I did a, uh, a story in Israel, Thursday in Jerusalem, Michael, with the Israel National News. If I didn't send it to you, I'm going to. Because the headline, it's a very, very long column. I talk about Trump, what a great job he's done with Israel, how Biden has basically double-talked America. He's not pro-Israel, not by his actions. And I talked about this ridiculous notion of a two-state solution. How many Israelis have to die in pizzerias or on buses or in kibbutzim before we figure out it's not about the land? These people want dead Jews. They don't care about the land anymore. They, and they never did. They want dead Jews. But I want to go back to the Houthis and these other groups. You know, they've killed Americans, right? They've killed American yeah. people. And what are we doing? We go with them. You know, we, we shoot at their uh, these tactical missiles aimed at headquarters and other spots I hate to say this, it's going to sound really nasty, Mike, but if an American dies, why not kill one of their people? Why Why is it okay for them to kill our soldiers, but we do this kind of wussy, tactical airstrike that hurts nobody? How is that okay? Well, and we telegraph it for a week so that uh, someone said anybody who didn't get out of the way deserves to die. I mean, you gave them enough time to get away. Um, Look, I, I, I agree with you that this is not the way that is going to change them. I mean, Biden very much, as he says, wants to deter. So we, we're always sending messages. We don't want to escalate. We just want to deter. But you, it's not deterring them. So you have to send a different message. And the message that Trump sent is we're going to kill you. And we did kill you. We killed Soleimani. We killed – he was the head of the terrorism uh, unit in Iran. He uh, – Trump said we have to take him out. And that's the kind of thing that got Iran's attention. What Biden is doing is just signaling to them, I'm afraid, that you can go a little further – I'm not there yet. I'm not there where I want to confront you directly. I'm just trying to pick on your your proxies, your your antenna out there. Uh, I'm not going to go after you. And so, therefore, I think the message that Tehran gets, and we have to remember who we're dealing with here. These are these are people, the, the mullahs. They will destroy the world in order to get what they want, which is to destroy Israel and the United States. And so they are not deterred unless they are stopped. They will not stop voluntarily. That's, I think, the message that Joe Biden does not yet believe in or understand. One thing you talked about yesterday with Brian, that if you don't mind, I want to take a short break and keep you for like five more minutes to talk about some of these local issues, including the mayor. Sure. Uh, this, uh, this deal on the table 
which I wasn't even aware of fully until you talked about it on Kilmeade Show yesterday. Great job by you, Mike, with the Saudis. Can you talk about this? Sure. Look, it is uh, what Biden wants to do is to have a two-state solution, right, a Palestinian state immediately after the war. Uh, And in exchange, what Israel would get as a sweetener for agreeing to that is that the Saudis would normalize relations. Now, remember, the Saudis were going to normalize relations before October 7th. October 7th was as Hamas admitted, was a warning to the, those who would normalize. So it was clearly aimed at the Saudis, right? Don't go close to Israel. You know, all those others who did it before on the Abraham Accords, that's it. No more normalizing with Israel for Arab governments. That was the statement. And so the Saudis would normalize. They have now increased the price of normalization, which is not just a Palestinian state, which they did not demand before October 7th, uh, and they want American nuclear technology for civilian use, of course. Uh, the, king of, the king of oil wants nuclear technology, uh, and they want American protection. They effectively want an American defense umbrella. Uh, and what, what this would do effectively would give a Palestinian state, give normalization to Israel. Uh, The problem is, who is going to govern that Palestinian state, and what do you do about Iran? Nothing. And and I would just say one quick detour, Sid. Lindsey Graham has become a real problem on this issue. He has been to Saudi Arabia numerous times, and there is a chance that the Saudi portion of this, at least, would require a treaty. Which, uh, so that it couldn't be changed by a new administration. And that, of course, would require Senate ratification. Lindsey Graham is telling everybody in Washington and the Saudis, probably Israelis too, I can deliver 15 or 20 Republican senators to <laughs> vote for this treaty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a real issue uh, that is, I think, sort of cooking in, you know, under the radar in Washington. But it's a very big deal in the Mideast right now. I mean, everybody uh, sees this coming. And as I say, Iran would be untouched. No good. And so how do you solve the problem of Iran? Without Iran, you could possibly have a two-state solution. Right. But not with Iran. Agreed, 1,000%. Lindsey Graham, one of those guys that one day I like him, one day I don't. He does not, I'm being serious, Mike. He doesn't have my consistency. Yeah, he's just, and he's such a warmonger that, you know, he makes John Bolton look like Mary Poppins. Anyway, I want to take a short break. When I get back, we'll continue the conversation with the great New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. The mayor wants to give migrants credit cards. He wants to reward them, I guess that's what you get if you beat up cops in Times Square. Michael Goodwin with Sid Rosenberg coming back.
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This is the late, great Kobe Keith, who passed away overnight. This song, Who's Your Daddy, was a favorite of my late, great partner, Bernie McGurk. He used to sing this song on the air. Who's your daddy? Toby Keith, gone at the age of 62. This goes out to Bernard. More with the New York Post columnist, Michael Goodwin. So, Mike, what happens in the city is when somebody does something bad, a group of people, okay, a group of people, Eric Adams is always quick to remind us that they're the minority. It kind of reminds me of Obama during a terrorist attack. You know, he, he never really was concerned about how we felt. It was more of, please don't hate your Muslim neighbor. I hated that. So Adams is quick to remind us that even though these migrants are doing some bad things these days, it's a very small number, very small number. So if I want to give these people credit cards and spend $53 million, you got to understand, for the most part, they're good people. They need to work. We need to take care of them. Does he realize when he does stuff like that, he's committing political suicide? Uh, well, I don't know if he thinks of it uh, as political suicide, but I think he's really setting the city up for uh, a decade of trouble. I mean, you cannot simply bring in a couple of hundred thousand people who are unvetted um, and just say, well, they'll, they'll just fit right in. Uh, and as you and I have discussed before, Sid, I mean, the border is still open. They're still coming. So the more you do for the people who are here, the more people are going to come here. You have invited them with your generosity, with your leniency, with your open checkbook. Why wouldn't they come and get it? I mean, that's the signal he's been sending all along. And every now and then he'll change course and do something sensible about it. But then the next day he's back again with a new incentive. I mean, I cannot follow his thinking on this. I have no idea what he what his big picture idea is, because everything he has done has been to make it worse. I mean, this this latest thing of the cash credit cards, 
you know, who wouldn't come here? You get a place to stay. You get free health care. You get all kinds of other goodies. And we're going to now give you a credit card with money on it. Hard to believe. I mean, as, as somebody said the other day, well, if you want to make sure they have enough food, et cetera, whatever, why don't you give them food stamps? Yeah, try but that. Why are you giving them cash <laughs> on a credit card? I mean, you know, there are all these uh, bikes outside the uh, the Roosevelt Hotel, uh, scooters, you know, motorized, electric for the most part. Many of them are illegal. Now, if you or I rode one of those down Fifth Avenue, good chance the cops would stop us and confiscate the vehicle. And yet they sit there uh, as though there's a different set of rules for the migrants. I mean, and you add this influx now on top of the crime wave the city was already seeing. And so you're getting more and more crime. Oh, aren't we shocked that some of these Young men, and that seems to be the bulk of who are coming, were members of gangs in Venezuela and Colombia. Gee, who would have guessed that? Right? <laughs> I mean, these are societies that are collapsing. People are coming here. Yes, oh, they just want a better life. That no doubt is true for many of them, which is why immigrants have come to America from around the world for 200 years. But America, it, our immigration system should not be a suicide pact. And that's what it's become. Open borders come on in, and here you see the results. You know, that we can't, we can't afford to take care of destitute Americans. There are lots of policies that ideally we could implement if we had the money, uh, but we don't. But now suddenly we're taking money we don't have. We're borrowing more money to give to the immigrants. To, who came here illegally, their first act was to break the law when they crossed the border without the permission. I mean, this, 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 you have to think sometimes this can't be true. I must be making this up. Right, you there can't even write some it. some logic I don't understand. You're right. There you, isn't. No, you can't even write it. So to wrap up this uh, great conversation, and I really do think the world of you, Michael, you're brilliant, that it's no surprise to you that even though Andrew Cuomo was basically forced out of office, right, and it was an embarrassing time for Cuomo, after not long before that being the guy that a lot of folks thought could be the next president of the United States. But with everything you just said about Adams and the way the, the shape the city is in right now, no surprise to you that these early polls, if in fact Cuomo wanted to run, he's beating Adams by as much as 30 points? It's not really a surprise. I think it's not so much a, a commentary on the bad things that Cuomo did. It was the sense that you know, people are giving up on Adams uh, and they're looking for an alternative. Uh, I guess the good news in those kinds of polls is that they're not particularly interested in the Maya Wileys and the other far leftists right. who ran against Adams in the Democratic primary. Agreed. Uh, so I think the good thing is the p public is looking for an alternative to a mayor who is just sort of perplexing in his decision making. Would you say then de Blasio left and I think most people agreed he was the worst mayor of all time and Eric came in and the expectations were high. Former cop talked about combating crime, which, by the way, the numbers are down. i got to give him credit where credit is sure. due, but, but it took a while. It took way too long, I think, for New Yorkers. And the perception is, and perception matters, that the subways are still too dangerous, and the city, quite frankly, is still too dangerous. So 
would you would you say at this point that two plus years in, as crazy as this sounds, that Adams is not much better than De Blasio? No, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but but the, I think the the right question is is he good enough? Um, and uh, I would say no, it, it's not working very well. Um, and let me just give another quick example, Sid. Congestion pricing. I mean, he's just, where is he on congestion pricing? Where, I mean, the city is in an uproar over this. All these different groups coming out, opposing it, filing lawsuits. Where's the mayor? Where is the mayor as the state comes in and takes money from city people uh, to give to the subway system, which can't even control theft of services, which makes which is like a joke. Nobody pays. So now congestion pricing. If if there's all that money in commuters pockets, why isn't it going to the city? Why is it going to the MTA? Where is Eric Adams? I mean, he doesn't say a word on these things. That is true. Uh, excellent job, Michael Goodwin. Thank you so much, and please keep coming back. You're a great, great writer and a great voice. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Sid. My man, Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist, and he raises some very, very good questions. Where is he? Those are three words. Where's Hunter? Where is he? Congestion pricing and a few other things that uh, Michael brought up. That was a really good summary of Joe Biden at the national level, and Eric Adams at the city level. Michael Goodwin, thank you so much.